Red Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Red Sox Deep Dives. Job Goddard, Andrew Dwan, back with me for this episode. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Always ready. So lots of chaos going on throughout the league right now. Players a little uh, upset with the with the rules changes for different reasons. There's two spectrums to that. Some are happy the sticky stuff ain't around, uh, namely the hitters. Pitchers, though, not happy at all. We've had some key guys go on the injured list. May or may not be related to it, but there's a lot of speculation that it could be related to it. So let's just start off by saying, where are you guys at with spider tack with the hardcore stuff does it belong in major league baseball andrew go ahead that no but i don't have an issue with like sunscreen and rosin the guys have been doing that for years and we've always had a good product it's not like you know they invented this thing that trevor bauer can hold a ball upside down and it doesn't move defying all like laws of gravity so let them use the the bullfrog, the old clay buckles, uh, you know, lathered up and down in his body. Look, I don't mind that. The hitters don't mind that. You're not going to get a situation where yesterday, like where Kike got hit in the face with a fastball. Um, get rid of the spider tack. It's stupid. The, those RPMs that come off, you know, out of off these guys' hands are obviously not natural. I want offense as much as the next guy. So, Go back to the old ways and make it a safer game and a more more fair game. I'm also out on the spider tack. I saw a video uh, of spider tack being used just by a normal person who decided he was going to buy some and show the world what these pitchers were using, and he like couldn't open it with his full strength. Like the top sticks to the jar, and I'm looking at it and going like. How the hell did nobody know this stuff existed until now? How did they hide this so well? And no, it has no place in baseball. But we also need a universal substance. It's not going to work otherwise. We can't have these pitchers going up there. And I, I, I don't agree with Glasnow's comments. Garrett Cole said something similar today where he sounded like an absolute 12-year-old um, complaining about you know losing his favorite toy. I don't agree that you can't make changes to the game. I just think they gave an inch. MLB gave an inch, said, yeah, you can use sunscreen and all this stuff. We're not going to penalize you. Just don't be over, you know, over the top. And the pitchers all took a mile. So now you got to reel it back in, and that's why nobody can have any fun. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, until there's universal substance, this is going to be a big issue. Uh, in my mind, this is going to be part of the new CBA. This is now another piece owners are going to have to negotiate with the union. And this is going to be a, a big battle, I think. I uh, used the same analogy, I think, on the last show, given it to take a mile. And I'm, I'm out on it as well. I mean, it's a bad product. It's 
we were just talking a few minutes ago before we recorded. How is a guy like Jared Kalenic, the one of the number one prospects in all of baseball, supposed to come up and be successful if that's what he's up against? Bobby Dahlbeck, same thing. I just wonder if he came up four or five years ago, would he have had a better start to his career? Franchi Cordero, I mean, I don't see how we can't lump him into that category either. He's been off the charts down in AAA. I mean, there's a lot totally of guys. Different. I think about it like Ruzne Castillo. Like, he had no business being in the major leagues, right? But if he was playing right now, he wouldn't be in AAA. It's like a whole new level of nasty. You have to be more athletic. You have to have better hand-eye coordination. And the hitters, frankly, just can't keep up. It's it's the great divide between pitchers and hitters that's causing major issues, I think, across the game. So whose fault is this? Like, how did we get here? And who who's to blame at this point? Well, I mean, the Angels literally had an employee that would do it for Troy Percival. Then he went to the Tigers. There was a whole Sports Illustrated article on it. And that's how it all came to be. And they let him go once Percival left. And then Percival's like, hey, I need some of this. And it kind of just, uh, you know, branched out from there. And why wouldn't you use it? Why wouldn't you? I mean, these pitchers are signing absurd contracts. We saw Gary Richard or not Gary Richards, Gary Cole signed for over $350 million. And he wasn't, he's got great raw stuff, but it wasn't as refined before he got to Houston and learned things in air quotes. Uh, I don't, I don't blame, I would use it too. Why wouldn't you get, get every competitive advantage to that you possibly could get. It's major league baseball. If they thought it was this big of an issue, should have cracked down on it. They didn't. So it just spiraled. This is steroids in 2002. That's what this is. If you're not using it, you can't keep up, and you're not going to get paid the way that other guys are getting paid. So you're forced to use it, and Major League Baseball doesn't care. Come 2003, scandal shows up. Major League Baseball makes this big deal about testing players. Names on that list included Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Dave Ortiz, uh, all on this leaked list. And some of those guys were using steroids their entire career. Some were not. Some stopped using it when it started being policed. This is a very similar situation. Major League Baseball doesn't want to take action here, um, but they're being forced into it by the unwatchable product that's becoming some Major League Baseball games. But if you watch some games now, you might see two, three balls put in play the whole game. It's just an unwatchable product, and games are getting longer, not shorter. Um, I think this is the root of the issue uh, and things like the shift and maybe moving the mound back. Those are all either symptoms or solutions to the disease. That is the pitchers using absolutely filthy stuff to, to dominate the game. And anybody who's listened to this wants to go find uh, a video of actual spider attack. It's on my Twitter timeline. 
it's pinned right there. You can go and watch it. Uh, watch an actual former MLB pitcher demonstrate the glue that it is on your finger. Um, it's pretty crazy. So to me, no place in the game, but this is where we're at now. If Major League Baseball doesn't police this, the offense is going to continue to go down. It seems like the fans are in agreement that they need to get rid of it. They need to at least come up with some other solution. Most of the hitters, uh, a couple of Red Sox players, uh, we could could mention. Uh, J.D. Martinez spoke with the media today, and uh, he was saying that he supports the, the league taking action. He says the ball has been moving a lot differently in the last two years, and he's for it. Hunter Renfro last week was on the Tom Karen uh, podcast. I think Jerry Remy participates with that. He's obviously had some health issues. Did go home from the hospital on uh, Tuesday, so that was good. But here's a quote from uh, Renfro from uh, appearing on that podcast. He says, we're okay with them using some kind of sticky stuff, but spider tack plus rosin plus coke plus pine tar, whatever their concoction is, is a little absurd. I felt it. I've had it on my fingers, and I could literally go up there to a hairspray bottle, especially a large one, put your fingers on it, and lift it off the ground, and it just stays there. That's how crazy this stuff is. But... That's today's baseball. We've got to learn to hit the high-rise ball, and I think we're doing okay right now. So basically, pitchers, it's them versus the world. No, Nobody else wants it. The, the opposition you know, in the batter's box doesn't want it. The fans don't want it. And the thing that makes it tough is how do they tell the difference between – Pine tar and spider tack because it looks like they're the same color, roughly. And who's to say you can't alter the color of spider tack? I'm sure it can be done. So it's well. So spider tack, Terry, is the color of dark, dark brown leather. It looks just like the color of a, a glove. You wouldn't be able to discern that from sixty feet away. You just wouldn't. That's if what you look at the, the substance and color of it. That's the issue. Right. Yeah. Right. And the guys who are using black gloves, they're using pine tar. Right. And that stuff is tough to tell sometimes, you know, if it's in the glove or not. You only notice it on video because they're going to the glove, they're touching the palm of their glove, whatever it happens to be. Um, consistently, you never used to notice it when the guy would go to their hat, right? They go to their hat, they touch the, the bill of their hat when it's a little bit of tar. You know, in the 90s and 2000s, no one cared. It's like, okay, you're not going to hit me in the head with 102. If I'm a hitter and Chapman's going up there to throw 102 miles an hour, we know he can be wild anyway. I want him to have a grip on the ball because (laughs) one fastball in the head, that's lights out. I don't want him to have that same grip on the ball when he goes to throw an 88-mile-an-hour slider and it just spins seven inches outside the strike zone within, you know, the last three feet to the plate. That's that's where it gets kind of insane is, is how that stuff works. Where this stuff came from, it, it came from pitchers looking for an edge because of offenses going crazy. 
you mentioned how you must feel if you're Jared Kalenic. How must you feel if you're one of these pitchers who was playing it clean and Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer, the two faces of this, both UCLA guys, just went out and got absolutely paid uh, in the last couple of off seasons after really turning it around by using this stuff. I mean, Garrett Cole had a 3.5 ERA in Pittsburgh. Shows up in Houston. We suppose he started using spider tack. And he's an absolute demon. Goes to the Yankees for 300 mil. Trevor Bauer, before 2019, had a career 4.87 ERA. Now his ERA is in the low twos. And he just signed a $40 million a year average annual value contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Luckily for him, or rather luckily for the Dodgers, that contract is only a two-year deal, right? So think about this. If these guys who are using just got paid, how must you feel if you're one of these guys who's not getting paid? Like you have to use this stuff because otherwise you're not going to make your money. You're going to be a journeyman fifth starter your whole career. And on top of that, teams are going to get screwed now too because the Yankees went out and paid Cole for what, another five years? What if he falls off a cliff on Monday and he can't pitch without this stuff? I mean, the Yankees are on the hook for that salary. It's a whole new ball game. The Garrett Cole contract could be a real albatross, like like you were alluding to. Bauer actually has an opt out after the second year, and so there's a third year on there for roughly around thirty million. So if his performance isn't great, he's definitely going to opt in and at least collect on that. But uh, but the Yankees have, let's see, this is Cole's second year, so they got seven more years of him after this year at like thirty six per. Thirty-six million per, and so, uh, you know, I wonder what guys like Chris Sale think about that for the same reason. You know, he's got a lot of years left on his deal. If he's been using this stuff and we don't know about it, then yeah, I don't know, think so. His slider could fall off. You know, we don't know. That's that's where I'm I'm curious to see. Andrew, you have any thoughts on kind of that whole little sidetrack I just went down for five minutes? Well, I I'd be more worried if my team had a guy signed to a long-term deal that I, you know, signed in the last year or two, uh, like the Dodgers and Yankees, because they're going to find themselves in a predicament if their number one is now a number three, because <laughs> you know that it's not how you went into building the team. And we're obviously going to get into Garrett Richards full on transparency. I bet the team was like, Jesus, we didn't expect him to come out and be this uh, clear with everyone. They only signed him into a one-year deal, um, and it has a team option. So if he proves that he can't can't pitch without this stuff, like he's been doing his whole career, like he admitted, um, they aren't on the hook for anything. And if he proves he can be a low fours ERA guy, then they only have they're only committed for one year with him, and then we can, you know no locked up money uh, otherwise. So I'm happy to be in the position we are. But we are going to get into Garrett Richards. Let me just bring up one last thing here before we get more Red Sox specific. Um, We know what the data is with these guys using substances. We've got two years of data. You're already hearing, you know, you're already seeing tweets. Okay, well, this pitcher's down two or 300 RPMs on this pitch or on that pitch. 
Now, if these guys are using nothing, we're going to know what their data is on the other side of the spectrum. So we're going to get that second baseline of what their RPMs are without these. So then whether it's a month from now, if they're going to start allowing some type of substance or maybe that comes in next year, they're going to know each end of the spectrum here. So if suddenly next year Garrett Cole is way back up with an insane spin rate, he's going to be he's going to be scrutinized and he's going to be inspected because they're like, "Whoa, those are his old numbers. Like he shouldn't be drifting in that territory." So th- there is a, a little bit of upside at least temporarily with them not using anything. Now, let's get back into Garrett Cole. You already kind of dug into a little bit of it, Andrew. And we, we've had conversations over the last several days. I don't think he was using spider tack. He was probably using something else, something less egregious. And that's how he was getting his spin rate because his is pretty consistent going back to 2015, long before uh, spider tack. Yeah, I don't I don't know what he was using, quite frankly, because it seems like the Angels did kind of have a role in this um, going back to the Percival days, uh, like the Sports Illustrated article pointed out. He was he definitely relies on something. Uh, he came out. He was like, I don't hit batters. And he's only hit four since 2018. We saw back to back batters get hit tonight. So he needs something. And he said he wasn't going to throw his curveball tonight because he had no grip on it and he wasn't going to mess around with that. So they they're going to take these comments at face value when they're honest. Unlike a Cole who's, you know, clearly lying through his teeth. And it's like, dude, just like you, no one's taking your money away. (laughs) Just own up and let's try to make this a better game. Um, They're going to take this at face value. Hopefully they can figure something out soon um, and reach an agreement between the pitchers and the hitters. Cause they don't want to be sitting ducks. It's not like the velocity is going to go down. So we need to get something on the ball, something that they can use to control. And I, they, they just can't be throwing cue balls out there because they're every single at bat. You're how many balls get used two, three, there's a pitch in the dirt. It's a brand new ball out of the box. It's got a little dirt rubbed on it from uh, the marsh in New Jersey. So it's not like we're getting broken in ones. I don't. Maybe that's something they can work with. I, who knows? But they'll have to figure figure out something on the fly. The timing really wasn't great. They should have figured this out in the off season, but they clearly didn't. Ratings were going down because of you know no one wants to watch twenty guys strike out every night. Yeah, it's almost like I mean we know they sent a memo to teams saying they were going to check it in spring training. The players just called their bluff. They're like, no, you're not. And they didn't. And now we're at disaster point. So players are going to have to run on the fly. My whole thing is, if you knew this was a possibility in spring training, why didn't you practice it then? That's what spring training is for. You could figure out a way to throw the baseball without it. So I don't really have sympathy for guys who come out and say, oh, well, I've been doing this my whole life. Like, How do I change this? Like, No, you, you didn't use this stuff in college. You weren't using this stuff in high school. Uh, or even in the minor leagues, because we know the minor league numbers are drastically different. Otherwise, guys like Francis Cordero wouldn't go down to the minors and have a 500 OBP. 
right? It's very clear that this stuff makes a huge difference and that it's only right now, at least in at the major league level. So to me, it's super important that we find a standard substance we can use because otherwise guys are going to get hurt. The second somebody gets drilled in the head with a, you know, an Aroldis Chapman fastball, things are going to change and they're going to change swiftly. This is a big player safety issue now. Um, the union's going to have to do some internal discussion, figure out what they want. It's going to go in the next CBA, like I mentioned. It's trouble. The only thing I really worry about now, or not even worry about, but I'm concerned or confused about, how are the baseball writers of America who elect the Hall of Fame, you know, ballots, how are they going to look at, say, a Trevor Bauer or, or Garrett Cole down the line if those guys make the ballot? It's a whole new ball game. If this thing's if this stuff's only been used for two years, that's one thing. But if you know if Verlander is using it to extend his career in Houston before he got hurt, and he's been using it for maybe you know maybe he was ahead of the curve, that's a whole different candidacy. So I think there's going to be a lot of evaluation has to get done as to whether or not we treat this stuff like steroids, and whether or not MLB has a solution in mind. I doubt. But uh, I thought Will Middlebrooks said it best when he was on with Dan Vetti this week. Major League Baseball needs somebody who actually played the game to consult on these issues. They're making reactionary decisions based on ratings without having a plan in place first. That's just not the way to do it. So Major League Baseball's, you know, behind the curve is the expression I would use. Well, I don't think they're going to go the full season like this. I think there will be some type of resolution uh, in the coming days, maybe the next few weeks. Now, here's another aspect to this. Shane Bieber out with shoulder issues. Jake DeGrom had to leave tonight's game uh, with a shoulder issue. Tyler Glasnow had some very pointed comments uh, to the commissioner He's got a partially torn UCL now, and if he can't get that rehabbed and the odds aren't with him, it doesn't usually work out that uh, you can rehab one that has any type of tear, really, and, and then start pitching again the same season. So if he doesn't have Tommy John, he's probably not coming back until halfway through the 2023 season. That's how long out he's going to be. Maybe, maybe yeah. at the start of it. But here's here's what I here's how I want to frame it, and then then you guys can weigh in. There's no way Commissioner Manfred's comfortable right now with the criticism and with the the injuries piling up. We're not doctors. Maybe maybe there's a correlation. Maybe there isn't. But I think a a resolution has to happen quickly. I the only only one of those three that I could see being related is Glass now. Um Bieber had been struggling. He struggled through May and tonight DeGrom said he's gonna be fine. It, no one's thrown more pitches. DeGrom's averaging a hundred miles an hour on his fastball, so things are gonna get sore. And this was a weird year where we had seen injuries just skyrocketing obviously the Red Sox saw it in the minors um, and a lot of other teams weren't that fortunate they were getting them at the major league level um, and that probably had to do with no no baseball last year limited baseball for a lot of guys but 
they can figure this out on the go. The NBA did this a little over a decade ago where they changed the ball for no reason and it had a different uh, grip on there and guys were developing micro cuts on their finger. Then they threw all those balls out uh, like a week into this season. So now's the time to figure it out. We get the all-star break coming up not too far away. You can utilize, you know, the lower minors for this, that's what they're for at this point, you know, try things out. You're experimenting with things like uh, the robot umps and God knows what other baseball changes and just literally give it to all three levels of the minors and see what you can come up with. Might screw with some development, but it might lead to a better game. Yeah, I I think, Interestingly enough, Terry, right before I joined, you know, the podcast crew, I was on a plane and I was listening to you guys because I hadn't listened to enough episodes where I was like, okay, I know how to fit in the rhythm. And uh, you guys did an episode on Theo Epstein and his new role uh, after he left the Cubs, what he was going to do. Since then, he's joined Major League Baseball in their game adjustment department. He's talking about moving the mound back, a couple of other things to potentially, you know, fix the rate of play or pace of play, I guess is the term they're using. To me, in my mind, this is now his issue to fix. Uh, Because I think Rob Manford knows that when his contract is up, he's done. So no, Rob Manford is not comfortable. Um, he's absolutely going to be scapegoated uh, by ownership for this. And in my opinion, Theo Epstein has until spring training of next year to come up with a good solution um, for pitchers before it actually falls on him. There's, this is going to be a whole tie it up, wrap it in a bow, blame it on uh, Manfred and move on the way that the steroid era was Bud Selig's failure and they moved on to the Manfred era. It's tied up, wrap it with a bow and, and move on. You know, the, the league should have acted quicker. They absolutely should have. And now that we're seeing more offense and less strikeouts in the last couple of weeks, Maybe you don't have to move the mound, lower the mound. Maybe all those drastic changes don't need to happen now. But the the players, they don't have anything to complain about. You know, they they took it to this level. The, the league was fine with less egregious substances, a little bit of pine tar. I mean, the only... Ejection I remember recently, and, and it's not even that recent anymore, is the Michael Pineda one where he slathered it on his neck just to insult the Red Sox. They did this yeah, to I themselves. Agree with you, Terry. They I agree did with this you, Terry, to themselves. I know, I, I know Andrew probably has a similar feeling, but the way that I look at it is they're definitely going to not take those options off the table as far as potentially lowering the mound, moving it back six inches. Those things that are, are definitely still in play. The reason I say that is because there is no umpire save maybe Joe West and probably most likely Angel Hernandez 
who has the balls to go out in, say, NLDS game one and take the ball from Scherzer and say, I mean, from uh, Kershaw and say, sorry, you're suspended for 10 games because you're using Pintar. And the players know this. Major League Baseball is not going to let guys' suspensions go into the, the playoffs. We're going to get to a point where come October 1st, all the guys are back to using the spider tack and back to using pine tar and whatever they're using right now. And the offense is going to disappear again. And we're going to have complaints galore and it's going to be addressed in the new CBA. That's how I look at it. I, I think there's no chance that this doesn't revert back to the situation we have now come the playoffs. I, I don't I don't think the umpires are going to be afraid of the players. If they're empowered by the league to go out there and be aggressive, I I mean, why would they? Why would they be afraid to? Well, so wink, 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 nudge, nudge. They're empowered to do it in the regular season, right? But if you are a Major League Baseball owner, Rob Manford works for you, and you know that come October – guys are going to start doing this because they want every little edge and they're going to take chances that they might not otherwise take. The players aren't stupid. They know that they are the product. That's why they get paid $300 million. The owners know that too, as much as they don't want to admit it. Right? So I don't think they would allow the umpires to wield as much power in the playoffs as they do now. I just don't see suspensions. I mean, imagine you get to a World Series, and let's just say for sake of argument, the World Series is Padres and White Sox. And all of a sudden, Giolito's not in it. Hugh Darvish isn't in it. Blake Snell's not in it. Uh, it's just not the product that draws eyeballs. And that's the whole reason we're having this revolution in the first place. Andrew, what do you think? Oh, I was just going to say you missed a great opportunity to say the uh, World Series was Astros-Dodgers and Bauer got thrown out of the game, and then the Astros <laughs> won game seven or something like that. That, that would have caused baseball to crash. <laughs> I could have gone down that road too. I just I, I can't bear the Astros making another World Series. It's just the way it, my mind has a mental block on it. I just I think the umpires are going to do what the league wants them to do. Um, you know, the umpires, they're full of testosterone too. We see them confront players. We see them eject managers. Uh, Some of these are big rugged dudes that, you know, that I don't think they're afraid of anyone. So what the league wants is is what the league's going to get. Well, one thing that really hasn't been brought up by anyone, I don't think I've seen anyone mention this, uh, anywhere is how this affects the next CBA too. If pitchers are pissed, pitchers, pitchers are getting injured, costing people paydays. Cause how many years does glass now have left? I was just wondering that. Think, Cause if he has Tommy John has three left, is it that many? Okay. I think it's 2023. Um, He's a free agent at the end of that season. Well, uh, yeah. It, well, maybe it's going to be another guy that was coming up uh, in the next, next year or two. And, he says the grip screwed him up, and now that's going to cost him his major payday because he's a thirty-year-old or a thirty-one-year-old coming off TJ. I don't know. It's uh, that's going to be a huge elephant in the room that I can't even predict how that would turn out. Uh, I don't know what that will be brought into in the you know in the negotiation rooms come 
December. So I it's just... almost like a whole layer. Sorry, Terry. Go ahead. Um, just one quick. It's almost like a whole layer because Tony Clark, who's the voice for the MLBPA, he's going to have to wrangle hitters and pitchers into the same agreement, and then go to the owners with an offer. Right? That's that's how it's going to work, and the owners are going to come back. If you can't get hitters and pitchers on the same page here, this is going to be another thing that might stop us from having a full season next year. Well, I think there's a rule right now that the commissioner can implement things unilaterally. So he can do whatever he wants, technically. With with one year's notice. Okay. And, well, see, I, I don't even, I mean, so how could he implement this right now? So I, I don't I don't well, think so it's... actually he can implement it because he'd already it was already a rule. Okay. Right? So I think it's under five oh one there's this there's a there's a clause in there that I'll have to find it on Twitter and, and I'll put it out on Twitter for the listeners. Uh, we can retweet that on the podcast account. Well the the um, memo came out in, that... in late March, so I, I, I don't know if the if the timelines really match. But at this very moment the league has all the leverage. So if a month from now the league says, all right, I'll compromise, we'll allow this substance, the players have to be satisfied with that at that point. Don't they? No, I think so for sure. I think um, pitchers are very ready to compromise on this issue because they don't want to lose their edge. Yeah, They'll take what they can get now. Another thing, don't forget, don't stray too far from this, but the the players aren't in unison on this. The hitters don't want it. The pitchers are all by themselves on this island that and want this a substance. More, a lot more hitters than pitchers. So exactly it's be an interesting vote. So it's it's not like it's not like everybody wants to get rid of the qualifying offer or everybody wants the luxury tax scrapped. I, I think they would all be unanimous on that this isn't something they're unanimous on so um any final thoughts on this i think it's just a wait and see at this uh you know at this point and we're gonna see what the next weeks leading the all-star break uh bring us it's gonna be a mixed bag in my opinion yeah i agree i think the product is gonna change drastically and you're gonna have some guys really fall off a cliff, I think. And then you're going to have other guys who, and maybe this is the young guys, guys like Tanner Houck, you know, he might come up and suddenly he's a front end of the rotation arm and not a middle of the rotation or back end of the rotation guy because everyone was using these substances. And now what was a three, a three ERA is now a four ERA. Um, And if you're not accustomed to those substances, maybe you have more of an edge. You know, you haven't been pitching with them for your entire career. Maybe some of these young guys are going to step up, and uh, it's going to be interesting. I think the Red Sox have, you know, beaten aces pretty much all year long. It's been our thing. You know, uh, Ian Anderson turns out to be the ace for the Braves right now, so we can add another one to our list. Um, that's Giolito, Glasgow, um, John Means. Pretty much every ace that we face, we beat at least once. Um if those guys aren't aces and now it's somebody else because they don't have 
a reliance on a substance, it's going to be a whole different ball game. I'm pretty excited to see it, actually. Yeah, and uh, we'll see. It's gonna, it's, <laughs> it's an interesting time in in MLB. You know, you get through the COVID, and now you have you have something that could potentially change the game in, in ways that it's tough to foresee. You know, fully. So we're gonna wrap on that. We'll be back again on. Uh, Sunday night to talk about the Royal Series, Charlie, Jason, and I. So stay tuned for that and have a good weekend. Take care.